Please do turn with me now in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Our focus today will be mainly in the first four verses of Colossians chapter 3, but I'm going to to skip back a couple verses to Colossians chapter 2 verse 20 and begin reading there. Because Colossians 2.20 through chapter 3 verse 4 are really a, a transition passage in the book of Colossians. If you if you pay attention as you're reading through Paul's letters to the churches, he usually, as he addresses the issues in those churches he is addressing, he begins with truth. He begins with what is true about God, what is true about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, then applies that truth to the truth about us. In fact, that's the title of our sermon today, What is True About Me? And he lays that foundation of the truth of the gospel before he moves into um, telling them what to do and how to live. Because in all reality, it does us no good to follow a moral plan for living if this truth is not true about us before we get to that. And this passage from chapter 2, verse 20, through chapter 3, verse 4, is the transition in Colossians from what he has been teaching us that is true about God and is true about us to how that affects how we live. And so begin reading with me today in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 20. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do ask once again that you open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds so that as your word is proclaimed and expounded, that we will see you. That we may hear you speak to each and every one of us. That we may hear the truths that you proclaim about yourself and the truths that you proclaim about us. And may we be enlivened with joy by what we hear. May we be changed by what we hear. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Have you ever asked the question, what is true about me? We oftentimes ask, who am I? Or we're asked, who are you? And and this is a, a little bit different than that. Who we are is answered by uh, the fact that we are images made in, or that we are human beings made in the image of God. But but what is true about us as human beings made in the image of God? Sometimes we do ask this question, but usually in a negative sense. What's wrong with me? Uh, but, you know, it's important for us to ask what is true about us, not because of some self-esteem issue, not because if we can just have this one last grasp of a nugget of joy and happiness about ourselves that we can live our best life. 
Well, because it's important for us to know what is true about us. What is true today about us? Our culture tells us several things that they think is true about us. They tell us that we are the sum total of our desires, what we want to do, what we want to eat, of where we want to play. Our culture tries to tell us that what's true about us is that we are master and commander of our own fates. And it also tries to tell us that we are nothing more than a collection of cells and chemical processes with only the illusion of perception, knowledge, and meaning. And we can be tempted to buy into that that story that the culture tells us that is true about us. But we should seek the answer to the question, what is true about us from the scripture? And today we are going to answer that question by asking what is true about me. We're going to be exhorted to keep our eyes on the prize. And we're going to answer the question, what do I do in light of that truth? So what is true about me? The first truth about you, about me, is found in Colossians 2, verse 20. Since you have died with Christ to the basic principles of this world. Earlier in Romans 5, we read from Romans 6 today. Earlier in Romans 5, Paul makes a contrast of humanity. We are either in Adam or we are in Christ. Through Adam, death came into the world. Through Jesus, life came into the world. Before Jesus comes to us, before the Holy Spirit comes to us and changes our hearts so that we might embrace our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through faith, there are some truths about us. The first catechism question says, what is man's purpose? What is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But as we have talked about, the reality is before Jesus in our lives, we live by the creed that I exist to glorify myself and enjoy whatever makes me happy as long as I live. It's not just sins that we commit. It's that at a fundamental level, we are what Herman Ritterboss describes. We are living in a sinful mode of existence. Every fiber of our being pursues our own glory. Every fiber of our being seeks to turn its back upon God. And Paul in Ephesians 2 verse 1 describes us in a very particular word because of that fact. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. We can do nothing on our own to please God. We live in a sinful mode of existence. But Paul says... In Colossians 2.20, that you have died with Christ to the basic principles of this world. And when we looked at that passage, we looked at it in the context of the rules that people had placed upon the Colossians. But it goes deeper than that. The basic principles, the basic rules of this world says that we are dead in our sinfulness. We are dead in our sinful mode of existence. And that dies in Christ. Christ was nailed to the tree. Our sinful record was nailed there with him so that it was cleansed so that we could be declared righteous before God. But our very being as a sinful 
human being died there with him also. If you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a new, not just man, you are a new creation. In a sense, you have been torn down and recreated in the image of God. If you are a sinner saved by grace. So the first thing that's true about us is that we have died with Christ. But God didn't leave us there. The second thing that is true about us as well is that we are raised with Christ. Chapter three, verse one. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Paul in second Corinthians, we've talked about this already in second Corinthians five, 17. Paul describes the church as being a new creation because of what Jesus has done for us. Note here that we are a new creation. We're not waiting to become a new creation. It's not someday in the future you'll be a new creation. We are a new creation. And this fundamentally changes who we are. Remember, before Jesus comes into our life, when we are in Adam and not in Jesus, what is our goal? Our goal is self-glorification and self-gratification. When we then that is crucified in Christ, that is nailed to the cross, and then we are raised with Christ. Our goal is now because we are a new creation. Our goal is now to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is real about you and I right now. We are a new creation. We get lost sometimes as we think about this as a theological teaching tool. The theologians have developed kind of a flow chart of sorts called uh, the order of salvation. The simplest order of salvation is found for us in Romans 8, 29 through 30. For those he foreknew, he predestined. For those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. We have a tendency to take bits and pieces of that and make it a chronological thing. It's because parts of it are chronological. God foreknew us and predestined us from before eternity, from before time began. But Paul, interestingly enough, the rest of that process that we typically take as being a chronological step, a chronological process, Paul very rarely talks about it chronologically. He generally talks about it as happening all at once. You're justified, you're sanctified, you're regenerated, you're glorified right now, all together. Now there is a progressive, there is a progressive part of sanctification, and we'll get to that here in a few minutes and more fully as we move on into the rest of the book of Colossians. But it's important to understand that we cannot move into that progressive sanctification until we are sanctified now in being raised with Jesus. Think about a wedding in the first century. We, we have engagements today. You know, when Michelle and I, we dated for a couple years and I, I very kind of clumsily asked her to marry me. And then later on, I went out and bought a ring and, and asked her, you know, in a very chivalrous way down on my knee to, to marry me. I made it right. But I put a ring on her finger and, you know, any any point up until the moment she said, I do, she had an out. 
she could have made a far better decision and gone on her way without me any time up to the point she said, I do. But in Paul's time, that was not the case. In Paul's time, when you were betrothed to somebody, it was as if you were already married. It is if you were had said, I do to that person. And it was you think about the story of of Joseph when the angel came to him, when he found out that Mary was pregnant with Jesus. He was going to divorce her quietly. They weren't married yet. How can you get divorced if you're not married yet? Because they took betrothal as something serious. They were married. And so with Jesus in being raised with Jesus, before we even begin to say, do this, we must understand that in being raised with Jesus, we are holy. We are a new creation. We are pleasing to God right now. Not in the future. So we have died with Christ. That sinful mode of existence has died with Christ. We have been raised to a glorious mode of resist of existence where we pursue God's glory and holiness. And the third truth he tells us is that we are hidden in Christ. For the definition of that, we need to read John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What does it mean to be hidden in Christ? It means that unity that Jesus prayed for, that unity that he has with God, is a present reality for us as well. The love that the Father has for the Son, the Father now has for us. The love that the Son has for the Father, we can now have for the Father, and the Son also has for us. Right now, this present reality, where do you stand before God as someone who has been saved by grace? You stand in union with Christ. You stand in union with God. You stand loved by God. The truth about you, the truth about me is that old sinful mode of existence has died with Christ. A new, glorious, God-pursuing mode of existence has raised with Christ. And we are hidden with Christ. So, do you feel holy? Do you feel raised with Christ? Do you feel sanctified? Are you ready to pursue the glories that are yours right now? Probably not. Because we still struggle with sin, do we not? Even though that dominion, even that sinful mode of existence has been destroyed in the cross, it still has great influence over us. And Paul knew that. Paul understood that. And so he reminds us at the end of Colossians verse 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. He reminds us, When Christ who is your life appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. The word there translated appears is 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 not just what we think of as a magician kind of putting his his puff of smoke and then somebody being there that wasn't there before. It's the idea of something that is hidden is revealed. See, the reality is that new creation, even though it's ours right now, it's hidden from us in certain ways. It's there for us, but it's not fully realized. Going back to that man and the woman in Paul's time that was betrothed to be married. All the rights of marriage, all the responsibilities of marriage are there, but but not all of them quite yet. They can't live together. They can't consummate their relationship. They have to wait for a time. The bridegroom comes. He comes to the, the bride's family. They, they uh, negotiate the marriage And then he goes to prepare a place for the bride to live. And the bride waits for him. She's in this she's in this limbo time where I'm married and I know I'm married, but I don't have the full benefits quite yet because I'm waiting for the bridegroom to return. What did Jesus tell his disciples? I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. The reality is for them, the reality is for us, is that right now, today, we are raised with Christ. We are glorified. We are sanctified. But he's off preparing a place for us and we're waiting for his glory to be revealed so that our glory can be revealed as well. Because brothers and sisters, even though the dominion is broken, we still live under the influence of the old man. Of the old creation. The enemy still has access to us. Sometimes because we let him. Sometimes because we run straight toward him. Even though he's not even bothering us today. We're like hey hey, I'm going that way. But the reality is. We can turn around and come back. And repent and seek God. Because the reality here. Is that we are holy in God's sight. We are righteous in God's sight. We are sanctified in God's sight. And just like that bride awaits the bridegroom to come back and take her to the home he has prepared for her. We anxiously await Jesus to come back and take his bride, the church, to the place he has prepared for us so that our glory might fully be revealed. We've learned what's true about us. We've learned that even though it's true about us, we It's kind of a now, not yet situation, and we have to keep our eye on that hope that awaits us, the hope of the glory to be revealed. And then Paul gives us a summary of what we are supposed to do based on that information. Because what Paul teaches us about this truth, if it's if it doesn't change us, it's just worthless information. We must be changed by what God has done for us. We must be changed by these truths. And he gives us two summary statements of how we are to be changed, which he's going to unpack in the rest of chapter three and chapter four. The first is to set your heart on the things above. Literally, in the original language, it says seek or be seeking things above. Think of Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Your very being has been taken from seeking your own glorification 
to seeking God. You have been transplanted, if you will, from the sheep pen of Satan to God's fields, to God's pastures. Seek God's pasture. Always be seeking God's pasture is what he's saying there. It's, it, and, it, and it's a, it, it's written in such a way in the original language, we lose it a little bit in English. It's written in such a way that this is a constant, diligent, all the time thing. Constantly be looking for God's kingdom in everything you do. Do you have a family? Seek God's kingdom in your family. Do you have a job? Seek God's kingdom in your job. Do you have a hobby? Seek God's kingdom in your hobby. Do you have a quiet time? Seek God's kingdom in your quiet time. Always be seeking the kingdom of God. And secondly, he tells us to renew our minds. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. From Romans 12 two. You know, after Paul tells us to be living sacrifices, he tells us to be transformed in the way we think. If we truly are seeking God's kingdom, our thoughts will constantly be being transformed. And this is a process that Paul puts these two things side by side. Here's the reality. You are holy. You are blameless before God. Now go be holy and blameless before God. He puts those two things side by side and, and the, and the way we figure that out in our life, the way we apply the rules that we're going to be given here is by constantly seeking God's kingdom and God's righteousness and constantly renewing our minds. The truth about you and me, dear brother and sister, is that we have died with Christ. We are raised with Christ and we are hidden with Christ. I don't often refer to songs and music in my sermon, but when I do, I was called out the last time I did on not using enough Christian artists when I refer to music. So there's a song that's recently come out by Lauren Daigle. It's called You Say. And here's the chorus to that song. It says, you you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, oh, you say that I am yours. Paul would add to that when you don't feel holy, he says we are. Because we have died with Christ, we are risen with Christ, and we are hidden in Christ. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, what a precious reality. How often we forget this. And we try to pursue holiness in our own strength. Lord, when we are seeking to mortify sin in our life, when we are seeking to put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature, remind us that it's been done for us. Remind us that on the cross, not only our sins, but our sinfulness has been crucified. And we have been raised to an existence of holiness and an existence where we know that we are holy in your sight and therefore we can be holy in your sight. Remind us of this glorious truth that is ours through Jesus. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.